Are you a nurse who's done a lot of job hopping and you feel like your career is suffering because of it? Have you noticed that there are generational differences when it comes to how long you need to stay in a position? Let's talk about job hopping, protecting your career, and generational differences in how we approach such issues right here on episode 175 of The Nurse Keith Show. Well, hello and welcome to The Nurse Keith Show. I am so, so grateful that you're listening, whether it's your first time tuning in or you've been hanging out with me here for months or years. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for being part of the growing Nurse Keith Nation. This podcast is all about you and your nursing career, and I'm here to share education, inspiration, and ideas that can get you moving in a positive and inspired direction. If you want to see the show notes for this episode, please hop on over to nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 175 to read along. This episode of The Nurse Keith Show is brought to you by Janu Scrubs, a company that refuses to compromise quality fit or style, and their direct relationships with the best fabric mills and factories ensures that their goal is reached. For 25% off any order, you want to use the discount code NURSEKEITH25 at checkout. Head over to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash NURSEKEITHSCRUBS. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash NURSEKEITHSCRUBS. And make sure to use that discount code of NURSEKEITH25 at checkout. I love my Janus and you will too. Anyway, I am thrilled that you're here with me. Let's jump into the studio and dig right into today's topic. So on September 10th, 2018, I published a blog post entitled, Are You a Nurse Job Hopper? And of course, it's illustrated with a cute little photograph of a bunny rabbit just to help you have a little laugh as we talk about a fairly serious topic. I talk to nurses all the time. Gosh, I talk to nurses almost every day of the week and every day of the year. And what I hear from a lot of nurses is that they get feedback about their resume and their career history, and it often has to do with not having stayed at jobs long enough, so they are seen as quote-unquote job hoppers. Job hopping has been and continues to be frowned upon in human resources circles. However, I will also point out that generational changes are afoot. And the younger generation of nurses and professionals out there in the world of healthcare and beyond are seeing that the landscape is changing and we don't necessarily need to play by the same rules. However, job hopping continues to be a liability for certain people in the job market. And I want to help guide you on how to navigate this particularly challenging aspect of your nursing career. So in the blog post, I have lots of statistics, and I want to share just a few of them here now. They are from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, payscale.com, and a bunch of other links, which you will find in the blog post and the show notes, of course. Payscale.com says that the typical worker, this is across the board, any career, any industry, changes jobs about 12 times throughout their career. That may seem like a lot to some of you, 
and it also may not seem like that much to others of you. The Bureau of Labor Statistics says that the average time an employee remains in any given position at this point in history is 4.2 years, and that is based on 2016 data. For you traveling nurses out there, obviously this is a little bit different. And on your resume, actually, you will likely list the travel company as your employer, not the hospitals or facilities you're working at. So that doesn't necessarily count against you because we know that travelers bounce around and that is not necessarily seen as a negative for a traveler. Now, according to another source, the 2016 National Healthcare Retention and RN Staffing Report, that is linked in the show notes as well. And if we look at it from the point of view of a healthcare employer, someone who hires nurses, the price tag for nurse turnover ranges anywhere from $37,000 to just over $58,000. And hospitals are reportedly losing five to eight million dollars annually because of nurse attrition and needing to hire replacements for the nurses who leave. This doesn't mean that you shouldn't leave your job because your hospital or employer is spending a lot of money replacing you. However, it's just to give you a little context for why employers might feel a little nervous about someone who leaves jobs relatively frequently. Now let's talk about some generational differences. Right now, like we've talked about on the podcast a couple times in the recent past, we have millennials, generation Xers like me, and baby boomers in the marketplace, in the job marketplace. Baby boomers obviously were the largest generation for quite some time. They were about 80 million strong, and they have dominated the workplace for a very long time, many, many decades. Generation X, of which I am tangentially a part, is a smaller generation of about 60 million people. And now the millennial generation, which has come of age in force over the last few years, are as large or possibly somewhat larger than the baby boom, about 80 million. So what that means is that the millennials are now the largest portion of the workforce in the United States, and I assume in most countries around the world. 13% of millennials believe it's important to stay in a position for at least five years. 13%. How many baby boomers do you think believe it's important to stay in a position for at least five years? 41%. So you can see that enormous difference between baby boomers and millennials when it comes to how long you should stick around in a position. 26% of millennials believe it's not necessary to remain in a job for more than a year, and 20% of those surveyed were planning to leave their current position within one to two years. And 83% of millennials surveyed felt that job hopping could damage their reputation, but 86% also said they wouldn't let that opinion keep them from going after their dream job, and good for them. So whereas most people do believe, including millennials, that job hopping can damage their career reputation, millennials are taking the bull by the horns by saying, you know what? We are going to job hop anyway because we're going after what we really want in our career. We want to move fast. We want to 
move into management and areas of more responsibility, and we are going to job hop until we get to the place we want to be. 39% of recruiters think that job hopping is a major obstacle to being hired, but that also means that 61% of recruiters do not believe that it's an issue. So we have some different opinions and practices at loggerheads right now in the 21st century in 2018 while I'm recording this. And while many employers are still believing that job hopping is less acceptable, we are seeing a lot of it happening, especially among younger workers. And here is where it gets really, really interesting. On the one hand, staying at a job for a long time can help you to, of course, gain responsibility, perhaps positions of leadership, earn some more money, et cetera, et cetera, maybe get promoted. However, we see the data shows that salaries increase much, much more when you change jobs, which is an average of 10 to 20% increase in salary. Whereas if you stay at the same job for a long time, your salary is only going to, on average, increase 3% annually. So a lot of people go after a new job. They hop from one to the next because they're trying to increase the amount of money they can earn. And for younger nurses who are trying to make it in the 21st century economy, you can understand why they would want to switch jobs as often as they need to until they can earn enough to support themselves and pay back their loans and also support their families and their chosen lifestyles. This is a little bit confusing for people, and I want to talk a little bit more about some of the struggles that some of you are encountering out there in the marketplace. Anecdotal evidence and some other evidence is showing that staying at the same job for many years brings certain benefits like I just mentioned, but it also detracts because sometimes employers will see a person who sticks around too long as not being terribly ambitious, whereas the person who changes jobs and goes after what they really want with gusto is seen as more ambitious and more wanting to create the career of their dreams. However, that can also backfire and someone can say, well, you're just too ambitious. We don't want you because we feel like you're not going to stay long enough. So a lot of negativity has been cast upon job hopping. And I can understand why from an employer's point of view, because it's expensive to have a nurse get onboarded and trained and precepted, et cetera, and then have them leave all of a sudden and then have to replace them and start all over again. So I get that. But I also see that you and many of your colleagues who you might want to turn on to this particular podcast episode also feel like you need to keep moving in your career so that you can get to the place where you want to be. There's all this judgment out there. There are all these preconceived notions about what a job hopper is actually all about. And until millennials actually take over all of these positions of authority, if once millennials become the managers, the CEOs, the CNOs, the hiring managers, the recruiters, things aren't necessarily going to change that much. But as millennials start to take over these areas of leadership, a little bit more leeway might be felt by workers who are changing jobs more frequently. 
Many baby boomers and Gen Xers have generally embraced the idea that you need to stay at a position for at least two years because that will insulate you from being branded as unreliable or a disloyal employee. For millennials, that is starting to shift. They are not looking at that in the same way. And while that older paradigm is still holding sway, I think it is starting to give way. And talk to me in 10 or 15 years or 20 years as the millennials really have risen to utter leadership in healthcare and other industries, this may be a very different conversation. However, having said that at this point, even with this major demographic shift underway, we need to protect our careers and our reputation so that we can get the jobs that we want. So if you are having problems about job hopping and having kind of a not quite solid resume because you haven't stayed anywhere too long, we definitely need to talk. According to the Pew Research Center, millennials became the largest sector of the workforce in 2016. And just as a reminder for those of you who are unclear on the definitions, millennials are about 56 million right now, born between 1980 and 2000. Generation Xers are about 53 million right now, born between 1965 and 1980. And baby boomers are about 41 million at this point, born between 1946 and 1964. Now, I was born in 64, but I actually consider myself a Gen Xer because I believe the generation you belong to also has to do with your outlook and your culture and the way that you look at your life and approach the world. So I stick myself in Generation X because I'm more comfortable there. However, whatever generation you fall in, you can play by whatever rules you want to play by. And as the boomers continue to age out and retire in larger and larger numbers, of course, like I mentioned a few minutes ago, the millennials are going to take over the leadership. And that's where the rubber hits the road in terms of some of these opinions about what happens with our careers and why we need to do things the way we need to do them are beginning to change and will continue to change even more. Before we take a break, I just want to tell you that if you stick around for the second half of episode 175, we are going to talk about five strategies for protecting your reputation and overcoming this job hopping pall that could be cast over your nursing career. And I also want to talk about some of my recommendations and advice for thinking before you hop. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back shortly to talk about my five strategies and also how to think about hopping before you do so. We will be right back. Well, we're going to take a quick pause for the cause about how you can support The Nurse Keith Show. That's right. You can become a patron of The Nurse Keith Show, just like other listeners who value this show so much that they want to give just a little bit each month to support the work we're doing here. When you pledge, you not only get the satisfaction of helping produce and support the show, you also get some pretty cool premiums from me. So just head over to patreon.com forward slash Nurse Keith. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Nurse Keith to read all about it. 
Also, please consider signing up for my newsletter over at nursekeith.com so that you can receive my bi-weekly message to you right to your inbox. And remember to leave a rating and review of the Nurse Keith Show over on Apple Podcasts and iTunes because it really helps other people find the show. So those are my sincere asks of you, dear listener. So now let's get back to the Nurse Keith Show and the subject at hand. And we're back. Thanks for hanging out with me here on episode 175 of the Nurse Keith Show. I am so glad you're here. Remember that the show notes are at nursekeith.com forward slash episode 175. Now, before the break, I mentioned that we were going to come back and talk about my five strategies for overcoming this job hopping thing that might have been hobbling your career a little bit up until now. And we are going to change that. The first thing, is that if you're someone whose resume is populated with a lot of positions that are less than a year in length, we definitely need to strategize because like it or not, at this point in time, in 2018, in this particular economy and healthcare ecosystem, that is seen as a liability by many hiring managers. Just this past week, A client called me because she actually asked a recruiter who turned her down for a position that she was very qualified for, and she asked him, why did you pass me up? I just want to know. And he said, I see you as a job hopper and not very reliable. So I chose someone who has had more, let's say, staying power with their employers. So my client took that to heart, and we talked about some strategies for how to get her foot in the door. These five strategies actually came out of my conversation with her and a little more thinking and writing and cogitating on this issue. So let's dive right into these five strategies. Number one, if your resume looks like you can't really hold down a job, one of the things you can do is switch from a chronologically oriented resume to a functional resume or a hybrid between chronological and functional. So let me explain. In a functional resume, Your skills and your experience and your knowledge are kind of grouped in terms of function and skill rather than just being based on chronology. So let's say you have done a bunch of jobs in med surge and you've done several jobs in home health and you've had several jobs in telemetry. Instead of listing each of those jobs one after the other in reverse chronological order, you will actually create a resume which will have med surge, then telemetry, and then home health, and you will group each of those under that different heading. That isn't necessarily going to completely distract someone from your chronology, but it will make them focus on it less. It'll make them focus more on your skills and knowledge and expertise. It's kind of a psychological trick, but it can actually work to make your resume stronger. It just kind of takes the chronology and takes it down a couple notches in terms of importance and how much it stands out. You're basically trying to distract the reader from that questionable chronology and show them how awesome you are in these different areas. I hope that makes sense. Strategy number two, let's dive into this one. Having a very strongly worded professional or executive career summary at the top of your resume will also serve as a slight distractor 
from your resume chronology. It also gives you the opportunity right up front on the top of your resume to tell your story the way you want your story to be told. So if they read that summary and get a really clear picture of who you are and what you bring to the table, that might make them look a little less askance at, let's say, some shorter term jobs you've had over the last few years. That's another psychological strategy you can use on your resume. Now, strategy number three, if any of your jobs that didn't last that long ended due to no fault of your own, you can actually make a case for that and actually put that into your resume or your cover letter and also in your LinkedIn profile. So you can elucidate any facts about that hospital was sold and bought by another company and they slash jobs. You know, you can, without being too negative, you can tell the story of why that job ended and why it wasn't your fault or your doing. Now, strategy number four, on your resume in the chronological portion, rather than saying the month and the year that you started at a job and ended a job, just put the year. So for example, if you started a position in November of 2016 and you left in January or February of 2018, just say that you were there from 2016 to 2018, which is actually true. Now on your application, if you have to do an actual online or paper application, you may very well need to fill in the exact date of when you started and when you finished. I understand that. However, on your resume, you can sort of take the attention off of that and just make it the years and massage the dates a little without being untrue. It's completely true you worked from 2016 to 2018. You're just not saying the months that you began and ended. Now, strategy number five, this does not have to do with your resume or writing at all. For a lot of my clients, my career coaching clients who have what I would call a liability in their work history, and you who are listening right now may have those liabilities yourself, whatever they are, I always recommend not just looking for a job on job boards and lists of jobs and various websites and want ads. That is a great way to go about looking for a job, but it is a one-trick pony. It is a one-dimensional job search. You need a three-dimensional job search process. One, is getting all your ducks in a row so that your resume looks really great and you're telling your story in the way you want to tell it. So that's one part of your job search process. The second part of your job search process is looking for jobs on job boards and websites and Craigslist and everywhere else. That's totally cool. Go ahead and do that. It's perfectly normal. The part that people often miss is this. People often miss the fact that a large percentage of jobs, some people say up to 70 to 75% of jobs are found through connections and not through ads or postings, and that a large number of jobs are never even posted. So you need to learn about them through connections. That means having a robust LinkedIn profile, having it be keyword rich so that you show up in the appropriate searches that recruiters are doing, that you connect with recruiters, nurse recruiters and hiring managers on LinkedIn, do informational interviews, find out what they're looking for in candidates and find out how to make yourself the most attractive candidate possible. The other part of your networking strategy is to talk to people, get in front of them, 
So if you have a liability that makes you look not so great on paper, that means you can apply for jobs, but your resume might get thrown into the circular bin or the recycle container because it doesn't look very impressive in terms of your chronology. If you can actually meet with someone, say you connect with someone on LinkedIn and you say, hey, can I come in, bring you my resume and have an informational interview, find out more about where you work, find out about what you're looking for in your candidates and get some feedback from you. If that person takes a shine to you, don't you think they would be that much more amenable to helping you out? Don't you think they might want to introduce you to their cousin Bonnie across town who's actually hiring at her nursing home or home health agency? Creating a robust professional network and networking assertively and assiduously is only going to help you. So remember, rather than just sending out resumes into electronic black holes, do that but also get out there in front of people, meet people, let them know who you are and demonstrate to them how amazing you are. And you might just get lucky and get a job through a connection and not a posted job. So the first thing I recommend in terms of your networking is tap your network of friends, family, and colleagues first, whether they work in healthcare or not. Have them introduce you to people of influence, to people who might know people who might know people. See how that works in terms of the six degrees of separation. It's not up to your friends, family, and colleagues to figure out who's hiring and who's not. Just tell them that you want an introduction to influential people like hiring managers, CNOs, CEOs, nurse managers, etc. You can then take it from there and request an informational interview. And I recommend you go back to episode 22 of the Nurse Keith Show and listen to that episode about informational interviews. We just went over my five strategies. Four were related to your resume and how to deal with your chronology and the way that you tell your story. Number five had to do with networking and really getting out there in the world. Now let's talk a little bit about thinking before you hop. So if you're considering hopping away from one job to the next, there are a number of questions I want you to consider asking yourself. There may be other questions you want to ask too, but these are my initial five questions to ask. One, why am I feeling the need to leave? What is it about my current job that makes me want to abandon ship? Do a little digging to figure out what's going on. Number two, if my job feels less than stellar, is there anything I can change to make it feel more rewarding? Is there anything I need to take responsibility for in terms of this job not working out the way that I thought it might? Number three, are there opportunities for promotion or lateral movement within my same organization? Can I change jobs without changing employers? That's a pretty good question to ask yourself as well. Unless you're in a workplace with a horrible culture, with terrible management, rampant bullying, then of course you need to get out of there. So I recommend getting out and changing to something new and more positive. Number four, what do I want out of my career in the next five years? What job or jobs can help me to get there? This will also help focus you in terms of what the next step should be. Number five, am I creating the career trajectory that I truly want? What needs to change so that my level of satisfaction is exponentially higher? Here's the thing. Job hopping isn't necessarily a terrible thing. 
And like I said, as millennials move into leadership, they might start to see it as even a less terrible thing than some of our baby boomer and Gen X managers and recruiters see it. If you're doing it for a reason and you can explain your motives and choices, all the better. If you have no explanation for why you left this job and that job and this job too quickly or what's seen as too quickly, you need to figure out how to tell your story in a compelling way. If you have asked yourself some of these questions I recommended and maybe some other questions, if you have gotten in touch with something about you that needs to change, acknowledge that there's some deficit, that there's something going on either attitudinally or are you just running away from something without trying to change something about yourself that's actually causing that to happen? Whatever that is, acknowledge it. You may just be getting bored. Maybe you're working in a workplace that's not challenging you and that's fine. Maybe you can figure out a way to be more challenged without getting another job or maybe you actually need to grab a life preserver and jump overboard. It's really up to you and you need to look at this deeply and not just make decisions from the hip without thinking about it and how it's going to impact your career and your reputation. So in the end, job hopping isn't necessarily what's going to make your career take off and job hopping isn't necessarily the thing that's going to keep your career from going anywhere. There are multi faceted reasons why one career takes off and another career is sputtering. And this is an issue whether you're a baby boomer, a millennial, a Gen Xer, it doesn't really matter. But we need to make sure that you do the due diligence looking within yourself and outside of yourself for the causes of this need to job hop. Maybe you are just choosing the wrong jobs or the wrong specialty. Maybe you realize or need to realize that acute care is not for you. Maybe you need a desk job. Maybe you need to be an entrepreneur like me. Maybe home health or hospice is where you'd be happy. Maybe you'd rather be a school nurse during the school year and a camp nurse in the summer. Maybe that's the lifestyle and work style you want, and you've been trying to force yourself as a round peg into the square hole of acute care, and it's not working. So you may just be pushing against personal characteristics that you've been ignoring because you felt like that's what you were supposed to do. There's nothing you're supposed to do except for creating a career that you care about, that feels good to you, that supports you and your family, and gets you where you want to go, and hopefully has you feeling at least some level of happiness, engagement, and satisfaction. So in the final analysis, we all make certain career choices for our own reasons, and those reasons can change throughout our career. Make your decisions consciously, without reservations, with due diligence, and by taking a good, clear, hard, sober look at the reasons why you want to do what you're thinking of doing, and make sure you're choosing that course of action for the right reason then you can move forward to create the nursing career you really want on your very own terms. Well, there you have it. That is episode 175 of The Nurse Keith Show. I'm really glad you're listening in. And I hope that this message about job hopping 
about generational differences and strategies for how to overcome the ways in which this might have damaged your reputation and your career trajectory slightly, I hope you feel uplifted and empowered and feel like you can take some positive steps in the right direction in the interest of your professional satisfaction in your career development. The Nurse Keith Show is edited and produced by Tim Hollowell of thepodcastinggroup.com. Thank you so much to Tim and his team. Social media and promotion are handled by a team of one of Mark Cappy Spiesen. Hats off to Mark as well. Remember to check out my new podcast, Mastering Nursing. This interview-style podcast will inspire, inform, and uplift you, so check us out at nursingdegreedatabase.com forward slash podcast. And also remember that this episode of The Nurse Key Show is brought to you by Johnu Scrubs, J-A-A-N-W. You can head over to bit.ly forward slash Nurse Keith Scrubs. That's bit.ly forward slash Nurse Keith Scrubs. Use Nurse Keith 25 and check out for 25% off any purchase. I want you to stay positive, care for yourself and others, take inspired action in the interest of your career, and tune in again as we explore how to take your life and your career to the next level. Be well, dig deep, seek joy, and keep in touch. And adios till next time from beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico.